welcome to the 125th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, dream about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. So tonight, um, we are joined by a special guest. We are joined by the fabulous, brilliant, wonderful Apple Cider Mage. As yes. in, hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> as well as our usual bevy of brilliant bitches. So let's start by Excuse me. <laughs> hey, and uh, <laughs> we'll start hey. by. Talking to Apple Cider Mage and having her do an introduction. Tell us about yourself. Uh, hello, I'm uh, Apple Cider. Well, I have changed the mage to witch to uh, now properly introduce more witchery to my brand. Hashtag brand. <laughs> um, but uh, most people know me as Nico uh, on the internet. Um, I have a regular job where I work in, uh, I'll just say the retail sector and just kind of leave it at that. Um, but mostly, most people will know me uh, online from my previous work, which was uh, on the very wonderful podcast, Justice Points, which was also a gaming and feminism podcast uh, that I hosted Yay. with with my friend, Zufi. Uh, and we just ended that uh, at the end of 2015. And Ooh. I've been taking a break. Yeah. Uh, I also do a little bit of writing. I do a little bit of, of podcasting. But mostly I've been just been taking a break and just like shit posting on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> my people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of my thing. I like cracking jokes on Twitter and talking about, uh, media criticism specifically a lot with TV and film as well as video games, as well as, uh, the images of women and, um, feminism in media. That's kind of like my wheelhouse, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, which part of your hashtag brand do you want us to use tonight? Because, you know, I'm just going to start making up names for you. You can call me Apple, you can call me Cider, you can call me Nico, just don't call me late for dinner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, now. Now she's going to call you late for dinner. <laughs> I'm a rebel. I just want to say, before we get to the rest of the introductions, I took a nap earlier and I dreamed about you. But well, I didn't know this was realistic. that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's, I know it's really when people talk about their dreams, but this I thought was pretty funny. Everything else was realistic, but you were just like this little series of animated avatars. Oh, okay. Walking well, around. That's, like, that's true. That's how I am. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm. Yeah. I don't. I don't exist in a corporeal form like other humans. I'm just sort of a series of animated images that just sort well, of move the world. My deep subconscious. Yes. No, that's that's accurate. I'm actually you, you should really look into your dreams and how prophetic you are. You might be like an oracle or something. Shit. I'm gonna charge money for that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make money somehow, man. Talk <laughs> mm. about him low. All right. Oh, that was yeah. all. I just wanted to tell that little story. I've been waiting for like <laughs> <now. laughs> All right, so Alicia Carabinus, you're next up on my screen. Who are you, darling? Prophet, didn't we just go over this? Yes, that's oh my it. god. 
We uh, also, part. I'm a PhD student at Purdue University, hence the nap earlier because I'm exhausted. <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. take naps. There's no naps. No oh, naps. There, there's naps. Um, no and I, I study uh, retcom, but really, I do research on angry young internet men. okay so i I have to ask does the research on angry internet men also come with an academically funded like collection of alcohol is that something you get as part of the department i mean like what's the budget for that do you get am i allowed to officially comment on this (laughs) you on the alcohol budget I will. I will say that it's not an official budget, <laughs> but certainly people have contributed to in the past. Yeah, that happens. That's the thing that happens. I mean, that's the only way you make it through grad schools with alcohol. Yeah, that doesn't even have to do with angry or man. That's <laughs> Hashtag grad school. <laughs> Next. Charlotte Hyde, why don't you tell us about yourself, darling? Okay, I'm uh, Charlotte Hyde. I am a PhD candidate in RETCOMP. I study TechCom. I'm the resident Lego scholar. I'm graduating. I will not be a grad student anymore, finally. Who will you be? (laughs) A living wage! (laughs) An assistant professor at Kansas State. I'm very excited. Yay! Woo! Charlotte, will you sponsor my alcohol next year? <laughs> <laughs> alcohol for tonight's podcast, sponsored by Charlotte Hyde. <laughs> oh, does that mean grapefruit candy for everybody? <laughs> hey, as long as it's lying in Google, I'm probably in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, to Bianca, you're next on my list, darling. Who are you? Hello, I am Bianca Batty. I am also a PhD candidate at Purdue University. Not retcomp, though. I am uh, a <laughs> literary studies, so, you know, that's me. Uh, but I also look at video games as a form of contemporary narrative. So in the midst of thinking about that right now for my preliminary exam, so that's a whole lot of fun. Um <laughs> <laughs> I hear that for prelims, you just sit around and drink tea and eat cake. Oh, oh that totally. Be, yeah. yeah, I mean that's what I did. That's what so I did. Totally got me yeah. a job. Totally. Yeah, so yeah. much cake happening. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did drink some line in Google. <laughs> line in Google. Right. Well, there's there's that ha- there's there's that component. <laughs> I mean, not while I was taking them, but prior to. <laughs> prior to. Post to. Right after. Yeah, oh, right mm-hmm. after. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's it's going well, I think. You know, lots of fun stuff to talk about with video games, and literature, and all that jazz. So, I concur. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And last, but definitely not least, <laughs> Ashley, darling, who are you? Oh uh, well, let's see. I'm also a PhD student. Can you? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, okay. I said <laughs> I'm also a PhD student. <laughs> um and I am the second I am in the second language studies program uh looking at teaching second language writing, but I also like to study video games apparently. I got roped in last semester and I'm not allowed to leave. Uh uh-uh. uh. I have you logged down now for so, too many collab projects. So, so. Mhm. I know. I'm I'm stuck. I'm stranded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
I found that I really like to talk about ethics, and now I like to talk about war culture mm-hmm. in video games. I, so, yeah. I feel so awed by the presence of so many uh, cool academics, because I feel like the least academic person here. So this is so neat. Uh, so is everybody here basically becoming or has already become a doctor? Everyone yes. is becoming yeah. or or very close to like Charlotte is very close to. Mm-hmm. She's like right, right there. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see it from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think Bianca and I have three more years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After this, after our prelims, we have three more years. Correct. Yeah. I'm not gonna make yeah. it. They're gonna put me in prison at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I'm just fucking around. <laughs> not, 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 we're going to kick her out, but we're going to put her in prison. <laughs> I just want to know what the hell she planning on doing to go to jail. <laughs> not even jail, prison. Yeah. Mysterious shit. Wow. Yeah, I'm not going to prison. I thought I would go to a mental institution, but she went to prison. <laughs> well, some people internalize and others externalize. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> yes, we're all on the path except for Sam, who's like our mom. Basically. I'm not old enough to be your mama or Charlotte. Now some other folks, I may be old enough to be their mother, but not yours or Charlotte. No, we better we better yet. roll on because due to our technical difficulties this evening, I've already really started on the "what are you drinking" part. So. <laughs> Yeah, I get going. Yeah, I'm sort of stuck on Sam being my mom because I think she's only like five years older than me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, so what we'll do is we'll go ahead and roll on uh, with our usual: what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Those are the fun things, Um, and we will try to be polite as we usually are when we have a guest. And ask Nico first: What have you been playing lately? Uh, I have been super hyper focused on Stardew Valley, oh which my is oh uh, so good. I it's blame so good. you. I blame you. Uh, yeah, like I never played a Harvest Moon game before, or you know, a game of that style. You know, Farm Simulator. You know, that sort of thing. Um, and I really think that what uh, Concerned Ape has done with basically filling the PC market with a farm sim harvest moon alike basically was just sheer genius. And I heard he's like made like $10 million now (laughs) off this game that he worked on for four years by himself. Yeah. Just a really very large amount of sales. And it shows because it's a really fun game. I'm really hooked on it. It's a great, like wind down after the end of a really long day kind of game where I just like, plant some crops, pet my cows, talk to some villagers, mine some stuff in a cave, fish. Like, that's, it's great. I play it in the morning before I go to work, and I play it at night before I go to bed. And it's just, it's so great. It's very (laughs) relaxing. Um, Plus, you could 
get married to ladies in it and skirt. <laughs> that was the best enthusiastic response. <laughs> I like seriously when I heard that that was a thing you could do, I like got the game immediately and set my sights on like like talking to all of the like eligible ladies in the town, <laughs> and I decided that I was going to marry Maru, and she is so cute, and um, picturing you now as like a new animated character rolling around going, hey girl, <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay, so I have to admit this, Nico. I started playing the game. When I met Maru, I was like, oh, you are going to be my wife. Yes, right, right, like, uh, she's the best, and uh, <laughs> she builds robots, and she's, like, a, a little bit awkward and shy, but she's also just, like, so genuine, and she's super into science, like, a lot of people go for Abigail, because Abigail has, like, purple hair, and she's, like, you know, into video games, and she's, like, a little bit gothic, and it just, like, I don't know, like, everybody was, like, oh, romance her, and I'm just, like, eh, that's, like, romancing myself, and, uh, (laughs) so I was, like, this little weird, so I, like, I met Maru, and I just, like, fell in love with her, and I, so I started just, like, bringing her strawberries every day from my farm, and, because that's, like, her favorite food. Shit, I'll marry you. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Here, I brought this strawberry over. (laughs) You know, and then, like, running away. Uh, And I also, um, I also actually got a mod. There's a lot of, like, really kind of cool customization mods that you can get for the game. I got, like, an easier fishing mod because fishing is really hard and difficult in the game. And I also got an appearance customization um, that uh, made a bunch of the villagers in the village basically not white anymore. And one of the customizations that came with Maru is that... One, first of all, they made her look slightly older, which is great because in the base game she kind of looks very young and that's weird. Um, but the update tomorrow gave her like slightly more adult glasses, but also gave her like way curlier hair mm-hmm. with like purple tips and like a more adult like outfit. And I was like, okay, that's yeah, that's tomorrow I'm marrying. Not the 12 year old <laughs> that the original game has, but like, you know, an adult who is also a cute scientist and I don't know, I just love her and now she lives in my house and we're like married. Because <laughs> I gave her a mermaid shell, it's great. <laughs> so yeah, Stardew Valley's really cool. <laughs> that's what I've been playing. And uh, other than that, I got a mobile game called Sailor Moon Drops, which is a, I wouldn't say it's a match three game, but it's a match three um type of game but it's slightly more strategy because it's not like Bejeweled where it's just timed and you're trying to make as many matches as possible Mm -hmm. it's you are given a set number of moves and you have to match three in a very strategic way I guess is a good way of putting it and it gives you like Sailor Moon characters that you can collect and and, you know, like, that sort of thing. And, like, characters can help you out. And you get, like, buffs and stuff. So it's kind of like a match three kind of smooshed together with, um, uh, like, a, 
a match three kind of smushed together with like the other kind of match three where it's like the RPG fight style, like like puzzle and it's like they smushed sort of like puzzle and dragons mixed with like bejeweled basically is mm-hmm. kind of a good way of putting it. Um, and I also got into Overwatch beta just now, so yeah, Aww. that's what my week would be. <laughs> oh, I am so jealous. I have been wanting to be in the Overwatch beta forever. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Damn it! And <laughs> and I was surprised that I didn't get flagged earlier because I usually do get into Blizzard games pretty fast just because I used to be part of the fan community and so you know that sort of stuff. But uh, I just got in, so I guess I'll be trying that out. So yeah, that's what I've been playing, what I've been up to. So cool. cool. All right, Alicia, what about you? What you been playing, darling? Well, I haven't been playing that much because I've been busy coding. Everybody's so busy. Oh. Yes, but I've been busy making a game. Um, yeah. Me and AV are working on some projects. Super secret. Secret squirrel projects for... Uh, super secret. In fact, after the podcast tonight, we have to write a conference proposal. Um because, <laughs> you know, the work never ends. Right. Um, but I have managed to do a little bit of The Flame and the Flood, which is still my obsession. Though, mm-hmm. so I have to say, I was really upset because I got a game-breaking bug. And I had a great mm-hmm. endless game going. Oh, it was so good. I had so many things. I even had bear pants because I killed a bear. You guys don't know how hard it is to kill a bear. It's hard. <laughs> it took a lot of resources. And I was so proud. I, like, ran around my house, <laughs> like, in my real-life house, going, I killed a bear! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I was so excited and like I don't know 15 minutes later I got a dead end in the river like it just didn't generate water. No. And I was like what what no and I kept restarting and trying to go around like surely there's a channel there's something there was nothing. I almost cried. I'm not even going to lie. Um <laughs> and then a couple of days later there was an update and they're like we fixed some things like you know the river <laughs> which is the central part of the game I'm like fuck you guys so I restarted and now I have another really good game going it took a few tries but now I've got like some really really fly clothes I'm all in like wolf gear I got like the elder wolf jacket I've got tons of food I got a good raft I'm cruising Ooh. almost to day 40 which will pass my, my old record so Ooh. Ooh. <sighs> and I played some Left 4 Dead too uh, which I hadn't done in a long time I saw that God, I love that game so much. I hate the community. Love the game. I hate that game. <laughs> oh, I hate the game. It's so fun. No. So we in class we talked about the team from Left 4 Dead One is better than the team for Left 4 Dead Two, with the exception of Coach, who's awesome. I hate both of them. I don't think we're friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, you, but I was going to be like Dead Rising, and it's just not. So. It's that's because it's like Left 4 Dead, which is awesome. I know. It's not awesome. Yeah. We'll fight about this later. <laughs> but most of my free time, quote unquote, has gone to trying to figure out how to put things together in video game code. Mm-hmm. Wow. Next. <laughs> what about Ashley? What you playing, darling? Um, let's see. The usual state of decay. Because mm-hmm. why not? I love it. <laughs> um, there's Nekohatsumi, of course. There's Mitomo. There's... Uh, uh, oh, I started Call of Duty. 
uh, mm -hmm. Black Ops 3, and that's traumatizing and stressful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this war of mine. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ashley. I like to be really, really unhappy all the time. My <laughs> <laughs> game choices are just horrible. They are They're horrible. Yeah. And bloody and gory and sad. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I need to get a mental health checkup. <laughs> this actually isn't a podcast, it's an intervention. We're actually here to talk to you about. About your video game habits. <laughs> Play some I mean, Dead Rising. It's not horrible. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it for good reason. I, I want to talk about war culture from a feminist perspective. Uh, but this is torturous. Sometimes you need a little <laughs> like. Uh, sometimes you need to. Sometimes you need to get a little like uh, Raymond Legends in there. Like you know, mix it up. Yeah, that would be a better recommendation than Dead Rising. Don't get me wrong, I love Dead Rising, but there's no, a whole that lot was, of dead babies in Dead Rising. I was being sarcastic. Babies? With, I was being sarcastic with <laughs> oh, Dead Rising, oh. but, but mix it up with a little bit of, you know, Raymond I Legends. Have, He's happy. I have Unravel. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it's, it looks fun. It looks fun. Yeah. It's great. It's cute. It's like It's like reading a book. It's really stressful for me, though, so I don't... <laughs> Like when he gets small, I'm like, "Oh God, Yarny, you're dying! <laughs> Don't die!" Oh, oh my God! And all the games. <sighs> a lot of feelings. We're gonna change our name to the Feelings Cast. Maybe I'm just projecting. <laughs> We're probably just projecting what PhD feels like. Death. <laughs> yeah. No, <you're> <laughs> oh, that's not funny. April's <laughs> the worst. April's the worst. It's all better after this. It is the cruelest month. Tea You're lying. Until the next Charlie. April. You're lying. I'm not lying. You are lying. No, it's just after April, you'll be fine until next April. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. The hell you say. No. I am preliming. Yeah. Yeah, no. Prelims suck. <laughs> Nothing is going to be great. Everything is awful. No, you're right. Heart Everything you. will be awful until about, what, September? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Charlotte, what are you playing? <laughs> um, apparently, dreams is what I do. But uh, yeah, Lego. Uh, so I've been playing Lego Dimensions, which I'm actually almost done with, which is surprising to me. Because that has not happened to me before with Lego games. Because they sort of bore me. But I guess that's all I can handle right now. <laughs> um, I've also been building the new Lego maze. Oh, which was amazing, an idea. Yeah, it was an idea that I wasn't going to buy. But I did because I have amazing powers of justification for buying Lego. Mm -hmm. So I remembered that when I was younger, I would draw intricate mazes. Yeah. So I had to have it because of that. Yeah, My so. son is super into drawing mazes. Oh, I drew some mazes. I wish I still had them because they were, and I can't even remember how I did it. But I did it. So oh, cool. I've been building the new Lego Ideas maze, and I like it. Um, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm back in the place I was a couple of years ago, where I shouldn't be building Legos as much as I should be disassembling Lego because mm -hmm. I'm moving. <laughs> but yeah, um. it's hard because I'm addicted. I think my I think my sister's gonna get addicted too because she started working for the company that owns the the Legoland things, so she All gets right. a discount. And and she was at first she didn't care about this, but now it seems like. Hmm. 
there's only you, there's only so long you can ignore Lego. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so well, she wants the Doctor Who set, and she wants the Big Bang Theory set, and I'm like, oh, it's all over. Yep. <laughs> She's going to be me. <laughs> Real soon. Yeah. All right, Bianca, what you playing, darling? I have been um, trying to get through some, some games that I've been doing for my research, so I just finished playing The Last of Us. Um, so uh, lots of issues mm. of fatherhood in that game um <laughs> yeah so uh that has been really interesting um yeah uh that's, I have that's a lot really... of feelings about that game yeah i do too <laughs> um that i'm i don't know having a hard time formulating so i guess it's a good thing i'm going to be writing about it soon so um yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of really interesting things, like the way we think about temporary fatherhood and how that mm -hmm. idea, that sort of temporary nature is, like, normalized and how that contributes to his, like, anti-hero status, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the way that that genders also his relationship with Ellie. So, I don't know. I've been thinking about a lot of issues with motherhood and fatherhood in that game and how those roles also seem to work in opposition with each other in that game. Um, so I don't know. Lots of things to think about. Really, I don't know, fascinating stuff for me. And uh, I love you. Pro as problematic <laughs> as all this shit often is, I just love it so much. It's so much fun. So, so, so here's what Bianca's prelim exam discussion post prelim exam discussion and dissertation defense is going to look like it's going to be me bianca and two to three mm -hmm. other faculty members sitting in a room with bianca mm -hmm. and i talking about video games for two hours and everybody else <laughs> sitting around pissed off yeah i should do a critic i should i should do a critical let's play like the whole time for the defense <laughs> first defense where I've been like, I want to go. <laughs> that would be so fun. Okay, that's a weird way of describing it. But <laughs> I don't know. It's all really stressful and hard, but like I try to remind myself that really I love this shit a lot, and I think that it's all just super interesting, and it's so fun for me to get to talk about fucking video games like as literature, you know? So, yes. know. It's really fun, ultimately, at the end of the day. That's what I keep reminding myself. Like getting to the end of the day sometimes can be like a, a right. thing. It can be. Yeah, it's still hard. It's really hard, but it's also really fun. I really, really love the critical analysis of this shit. There's so much interesting discussion around all of this. So I love it. <laughs> well, I'll go first because we spent a long time talking about what we've been playing. Whoopsie. Um, I mean, I'll go first. I'll go next and I'll go fast. <laughs> Um, I've been playing some Mario and Luigi Paper Jam on um, the 3DS because it's always in my bag. I've been playing a little bit of The Division, not too much because I haven't had much time because we've been traveling. Um, what I've been playing a lot of um, on my Xbox is Letter Quest, which is, you know, half boggle, um, half kill monster. So you make words out of this... Uh, selection of letters in order to kill monsters and I love weird <laughs> word games go figure right um, 
So I played way more letter quests than I want to admit in the last in the last week. And then the the game that I am playing, right, because I'm playing simply to be a bitch is Mitomo. Um, <laughs> and anybody who's friends with me on Mitomo knows this is that I've been playing Mitomo just to make snide ass comments about Nintendo. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's like so what are you playing this weekend I'm playing a game made by anybody that's not going to throw their female employees under the bus because they've been subject to a, to a hate campaign <laughs> so that's kind of the way I've been playing Mitomo because it's fun <clears throat> Um, so that's all about all I've been playing and I think that gets everybody Um, so Here's a question. Is anybody reading anything? We'll go faster this way. Is anybody reading anything interesting? We we just got to reread. Ashley and I just got to reread um, Adrian Shaw's book. Because yes. we, uh, yes. we led discussion in class. Oh, oh my God. It's, it's good. It's such a good book. It's okay. There are some moments where I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. But the, whole, the book as a whole mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. I think, really necessary. I talked about this in class, but... Doing uh, something that goes beyond like survey data, and yeah. actually talks to people about the nuance of their relationship between like games and embodiment and avatars, really important. Yeah, also yeah. Adrian Shaw is just cool. Fuck, <laughs> she yeah. <laughs> and I feel like the crux of her argument is like one that it like it blew my mind when I read it. Like, wait a minute. So representation matters because people don't identify with characters like. That's what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, awesome. (laughs) Like, such a really interesting reversal of that argument. I don't know. I love that. Uh, Y'all rude Uh, asses. Nico, you been reading anything interesting? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I, I, uh... I am actually, it's funny, my my reading tastes actually diverge quite a bit from my... um, like my media appetite, which is, you know, a lot of like video game criticism and stuff like that. But the book I actually am reading is The Drunken Botanist, The Plants That Create the World's Greatest Drinks by Amy Stewart. (laughs) Uh, Which is, if you don't know Amy Stewart, she um, is quite a prolific nonfiction writer who uh, most of her work is rounded out by basically like botany history. Like, plants and other historical topics of kind of that nature. She um, wrote uh, Wicked Plants, uh, the weed that killed Lincoln's mother and other botanical atrocities and stuff like that. Um, And she paired up with um, a couple of other like mixologists and food historians to basically create a compendium of stories and recipes and uh, alcohol history about where alcohol comes from, what plants create the alcohols that we really like and stuff like that. So that's been just a wonderful read uh, to take along to like the bar. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very light. It's very um, informative. I'm really big into food history. Like that's kind Mm -hmm. of my jam right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you are really interested in kind of where the food and the things that we drink come from, you know, what their origins are, what, you know, what they're made out of, that sort of stuff. Um, I would highly suggest uh, The Drunken Botanist. Also really good recipes in there, too. So if you want to make a bunch of cocktails, try it. (laughs) Uh, 
I like all I those things. Into that. I would like to say I just looked it up on Amazon and it's one ninety nine on Kindle right now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's almost free. <laughs> that is almost free. Yeah, it needs five bucks. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I got a I have a hardcover copy because it was like a Christmas gift, but seriously, like yeah, yeah. if it's like one ninety nine on Kindle, get it. It's you're gonna love it. It's amazing if you drink as much as I do. Uh, it's very informative. So, yeah. Here's my we'll little get plug. to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the drinking part in just a second. <laughs> well, see, y'all, y'all are uh, reading fun stuff. I've been reading about public shaming and slut shaming. So, me too. Same book. Yeah, same book. I've been reading. Yeah, John Ronson. So you've been publicly shamed. And oh, you did! You got that. One? I did, and I'm Leora so Tannenbaum's like um, "I Am Not a Slut." Yeah, did you buy those digitally? Them. Of course, I bought them digitally. Yes. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about public shaming? <laughs> yes. I, I want to know if you like the book. You what? I want to know if you like the book. Do I like the book? Um, it's it's different from what I thought it was going to be. Um, well, it, because it, it is, it's all about, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's all about people who've been publicly shamed, um, and tries to get you to think about, um, how public shaming operates, not only for people that we generally see as being victims, scare quotes, right? But also yes. people yes. that we public people that get publicly shamed, who are generally assholes or who are completely in the wrong. Um, yes, but I, I think that's that's what's fascinating to me about it is is even in the cases where people are completely wrong, is that is that as a society where we want to go? Yeah, with this with this uh, like. I don't want to get all into it's, pro here, but yeah, hard. Like, <laughs> this is this this skews into my wheelhouse. Um, it's it's tough. Okay, I was just was looking at my Twitter account the other day. I've been a, I've had a Twitter account now for almost nine years, um, and I've seen a lot of this shit go down. Like you know, where something starts kind of small, people are like, look at this person, look at this person showing their ass over here, and then three hours later they're fired. You know, and on the one hand, yeah. it's there's something to be said for actually being publicly accountable for the bullshit that people say without thinking about it. But on the other I hand, <laughs> ruining your whole life, like uh, I don't know, like because it, really... it's like it's like circumvents the whole like idea of a justice system at all. Like we're just doing it to them, and I don't know, like okay, so but what is I justice? Know. I don't know, Man. but okay, so like okay. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I, I just think it's fascinating, I guess. We because... need to do a whole podcast on this. We do. Yeah. We, all, we all need to read the book and do a podcast. Because it's interesting, right? Because we've, gonna... we've seen so much public shaming lately, especially with, like, the crazy racists at Trump rallies. And, right. you know, I mean, it's like, but, just, you know, um... at what point, right, is it public shaming if, if you know, you got, like, like, the dude who was, you know, quote, unquote, going into the Marines and and like like punched the girl right and then i mean mm. but he posted the pictures or was all in her face screaming he posted those pictures on social media himself it's just yeah. that people then went and found his found his account and 
and said, okay, look, he's proud of this. And then, um, and then the Marines were like, well, we don't want you. <laughs> I mean, right. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. It's just, it's just, I think it's a, an interesting way to think about how we've all changed. Like, over yeah. the past generations yeah. it, with the internet, it, the internet's a thing and people don't understand it. And it, yeah. and, and it's not even just the, the whole, like, we're going to come get you as a mob, which I have problems with, but it's also yeah. the, I'm going to post this picture and and then, and then it's sort of my fault because I posted, I don't even know. Oh my God. Yeah, well, what about the guy? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Guess it, first. Yeah. Like, um, the whole, I mean, there's, there's a lot of interesting history to mine, um, in like the kind of like the cultural mores around shaming and how it was seen as an effective tool for matters that fell outside of the legal jurisdiction, but rather matters of, you know, cultural and moral up uprightness, I guess, or for, yeah, uh, like, yeah, like, uh, and I think like anything, you know, the historical context is really fascinating, but it's like, the, the the Puritans did not have social media. Like, no. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, like, and, and it's, a, I think shame as a concept mm. is a specific tool and the tool loses its efficacy when you no longer consistently can ac- hold accountable the people wielding it, the size mm. of the community, the stretch of the message and uh, no accounting for the con- context that that change yeah. is occurring in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So there's a thousand bazillion people right now that would tell us that Alison Rapp should have been publicly shamed because she was a prostitute. Right? Yeah. But there are like, no proof that she's people saying that right now. Right, right. They're saying yeah. right, right now. They're saying it right now. But they don't even care about the facts or whether or not that even matters. Right. But I mean, it, they just they're just picking up on each other's tweets and redoing it and redoing it, and it's scary as hell. Yeah, to watch. And, that's, and that's like that's the I, you know, like I think that that's a faint. I don't even think that's shaming. I don't even mm. think that that uh, they like that's a cudgel. That's a cudgel at this point because yeah. if we if they were adhering to the idea of of an, an efficacious tool and a community yeah. and proximity to said community, they would also need to basically get their house in order and also know that being a sex worker is not something you shame people over. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But I guess, mm-hmm. I guess my yeah. fear comes from, I think that she probably thinks it's shaming because oh, it's no. happening. Yeah. It's like, but it's like, they think that they're in the right. And it's like, uh, guys. That's what I mean by justice, though. Like, I'm not defending yeah. our justice system, but that's what I mean by, there's no process to this. It's just, but the, there's but not nothing. Have, I think the difference, I'm sorry. Did I cut you okay, off? I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> I said, but I think that, that that's the interesting thing, because I'm, I'm reading these two books at the same time. So there's lots of crossover yeah, between the shaming and the, and the public shaming. And I think that the mm-hmm. interesting thing to think about Alison Rapp and whether or not it's public shaming, one, shaming the way that Ronson is talking about it is simply stating the facts and yeah. going sort of, from sort of. a moral no, high ground. Of. Well, well, or exposing sort facts. Of. Well, yeah, sort of, right? But exposing the facts and then going from a certain moral high ground from that point. 
Now, none of that's going on in the case of Alice and Rap because, you know, really, there is no proof. And two, can you really publicly shame someone who doesn't see their acts as being shameful? Or, or if the acts, I mean, and to talk about what is shameful and what's not, right? Is mm-hmm. that, I mean, is, is sex work shameful if it's legal? Right? I mean, these, yeah. these but, are questions but, I mean, you have I guess, to ask. I guess it's like, I, I guess I get caught up on the, these are the facts that these cases have come up with. And I'm not sure the punishment always fits the crime with the specific cases that he uses. So the, one of the cases he uses is um, the first case, the, um, uh, I forget his name, but it's the guy that plagiarized. Oh, and then right, he goes the Bob Dylan quotes. The Bob Dylan quotes, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to lie, I read that and I was like, this just seems so minor yeah. for all of this uproar. So I'm not <laughs> sure the punishment fits the crime. And that's where I get, I get fascinated by what the internet does. Yeah, and that's again, it's like the efficacy of shame and shaming loses quite a bit because it's not a tightly controlled community with a very codified set of moral or ethical compasses kind of uh-huh. guiding the center. But then it's like you think back again to the historical context of like, yes, guess what people thought witch hunts were? Yeah. shaming women who were acting evilly and they that was considered logically and ethically consistent with those communities when you know in our day we're like ah oh, no you were kind of you were mad at women you're mad at them and you <laughs> wanted to get rid of them yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. like yeah and and so it's, it's and that's where i get so yeah i'm ahead. sorry that's why no. she's, i'm sorry that's just where i get so terrified i'm just yeah no well, because it's people in power using what should be a tool of people that are often disenfranchised to call out the injustices on, you know, an ethical or moral level. It's the people who already have the power to enact the legal systems or the punishment systems, then taking those and making it seem like an ethical or a moral panic, you know, I guess is, I see shame and I see things like satire as being really powerful tools of the disenfranchised and the marginalized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not what's, that is not what is happening in the, you know, kind of the contemporary situations that we're often talking about. No. Mm-hmm. And okay. So let me draw two, two different situations. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a, I don't know if you guys remember the, uh, his name I think was Jared Roth, but he, his Facebook name was Jairus Hilton. And uh, he was the one, he and his friends had a conversation about the photo that had the young black child in the background. And they started yes. having conversations like, oh, I didn't know you were a slave owner. Oh, please tell me his name is Toby oh, and all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. You know, this this just incredible yeah. racist exchange. And like, no, no room for nuance or context or joke. Like, this, this was just some racist shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it got out uh-huh. and it went viral and he got fired and whatever. So there's situations like that where it is not a codified like set of rules within society but it also is and it's a really weird flexible gray area that i think is fascinating sometimes scary but also uh it 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 demonstrates both the benefits and the drawbacks of social media yeah yeah so i i i hear your conflict so the second story you talked oh okay sorry hang on and then you have something like 
not just the Allison Rapp story, but her husband's story. Yeah. Which is not just a matter of, oh, we found some things and we think it's him, so we're going to post them everywhere. But it is an act of weaponized harassment with a specific end goal. They want him to kill himself. Yeah, that's not There are shaming. a lot of jokes about it. There are, it goes, this, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is going beyond like anything else. And this is some serious mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. people sending him pictures of nooses on Twitter. Yeah. Telling him that, you know, at this point, man, you should just go ahead and do it. It would just be so much easier. Wow. Yeah. That should be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> you, you would think it is, right? You, I mean, it, it only makes yeah. sense. But, and yeah. we, we see that same kind of deliberate pushing toward suicide, especially when, like when people um, are hated by or a part of some kind of or a victim of some kind of organized uh campaign of of harassment and hatred if they are known to be uh clinical depressives or have talked about suicidal tendencies before those are the things specifically that they target right yeah you're right we're gonna keep coming after you over and over again until you kill yourself you should kill yourself wouldn't it be easier if you were dead these things over and over and over again that yeah it should be illegal mm-hmm. absolutely and completely mm-hmm. but uh, it it yes but <laughs> yes but <laughs> it becomes really difficult in some cases in some cases not in this one in some cases to measure that online mm. But that's what scares me. But this is like I said, this is this is fodder for like a whole other <laughs> yeah. two hours on this easily. And then you guys I wanna well, talk about what I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I have to teach a whole course on this. So <clears throat> this is this yeah. is the what what is becoming the main body of my research. So I obviously okay. have a lot of feelings. <laughs> maybe maybe you can Skype in All to right. my class. I'll be there. I'll be there for you. <laughs> All right, that was supposed to be a quick what you're reading. That was supposed to be. We're and, never uh, anyway. <laughs> so what what are folks drinking? Nico, what you drinking? Because it's a Thursday and not a Friday, and I do have to be at work tomorrow by like seven. Uh, I am drinking a non-alcoholic drink, but it is the Arnold Palmer Arnold Palmer tall can 99 cents from like Arizona <laughs> half and half iced tea lemonade strawberry flavored <laughs> wow. yeah. like specific shit you got working there yeah <laughs> okay so Arnold Palmer's are some of my favorite non-alcoholic drinks yes but the drink of the summer drink of the podcast because it's what I drink all the time is called a sneaky <laughs> sneaky <laughs> this is actually what it's called it was a drink that was done at um, oh Shug's Juke Joint in Atlanta. Um, that's the first place I had it. It is sweet tea plate flavored vodka and lemonade. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, I can. I can. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, I was gonna say that, that I was really, really good. suspicious of this shit at first, and then she made me one, and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had peach I've had peach tea. Vodka, I think peach tea vodka or peach tea flavored liqueur. I've had something similar to that, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Also, uh, apple-flavored moonshine and lemonade also taste very good. Two great things that go great together. That sounds like a quick trip to the land of fucked up, is what that sounds like. (laughs) That's the Maserati of getting to the land of fucked up. I'm tweeting that. (laughs) Ooh, okay. So, Alicia, what are you drinking? Uh, A bottle of wine. <laughs> I brought the whole in thing in and I just poured the last of it. Mm-hmm. What kind of wine, uh, darling? Oh, I'm just drinking a Moscato. Um, but uh, I had a I had a rough day, so I brought when I was getting ready with the podcast. I got my corkscrew and I got this <laughs> bottle of wine and I just brought it all into my office. <laughs> yep. And I'm using my right like a motherfucker cup with a glass. <laughs> um, shout out to the Rumpus and tear sugar and I just poured the last of it so we're gonna have to I don't know I'm gonna have to go get another beverage in a minute so. <laughs> but I do have a bottle of whiskey in my office because that's how I roll there you go grad school hashtag grad school mm-hmm. 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 it's fun stuff it's fun alright so Charlotte what you drinking I am just drinking summer shandy because I was too lazy to go find grapefruit shandy Aww. You know summer's what? Now that, I've, I've, now that I yeah. love the grapefruit shandy so much, I had some summer shandy lately, and it's just a lesser beverage. It very much is. That is totally correct. But sometimes I'm just tired, so <laughs> so you drink with clothes. Yeah, <laughs> if they have summer. <laughs> I'll get it. It's fine. The grapefruit is far and away the better beverage. Is that lightning far. Google? Yeah. yeah. You can get that on tap here because I live in Milwaukee, which is a so yeah. throw from. We can get summer shandy on tap, but not so much the grapefruit shandy. Yeah, you can get a lot of uh, Lining Kugel stuff on tap here just because we have everything on tap. But obviously, Lining Kugel is local. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's like the drink of choice at all of the summer festivals. Mm, in the so, what time do you get off tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Where did you say you were? We'll be right there. <laughs> Charlotte, pick me up. Let's go. <laughs> the car full of women just barreling to Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We honestly, we keep trying to contact Line and Googles because we talk about their beers so much. We're like, can you just sponsor our podcast like just once? <laughs> they just ignore us. Like, what the fuck? They do. <laughs> Vandermills at least like retweets us sometimes. Oh man, I I would love to be sponsored in some sort of fashion by Vandermills. Like, oh my god, I would just die. Yes, I'm just I yes. I've totally roasted in my fridge right now, and that's definitely my weekend right there. So. This I told you, these are people. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> See, on that note, I can say that right now, I am sipping on a Vandermill totally roasted. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if they're going to retweet us, I should start drinking them. <laughs> should anyway. Because, see, I, I, I want us to do, like, a special one-off all-beer podcast, all-beer all I know. Podcast. I thought we were going to do that. We said what we were going to do it. You should come back and do that with us. Yeah. We said we were going to yeah, do we it. Should, we should talk about the ones that retweet us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ashley, what you drinking, darling? Buffalo Trace bourbon. 
Okay then. Straight yeah. or straight out the bottle? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, should be straight out of the bottle, but no, I have it with some Coke. Oh. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. She sounds so so sweet when she says that. <laughs> some bourbon. <laughs> like I'm just drinking some Buffalo Trace. <laughs> Buffalo Trace bourbon. That's <laughs> yeah, what I got. And some water. Gotta stay hydrated. Gotta stay <laughs> hydrated. Yeah. I had some coffee yeah. with my wine. So you can be wide awake thing. drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know how to do this. Okay, I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. Hashtag God school. <sighs> what you drinking, babe? Like Alicia, I just poured the last of a bottle of wine into my <laughs> wine glass, but I'm drinking some pink wine. Yeah, I got some uh, rose oh, going over wine, here. Pink ladies, some pink wine. Yeah, the Malbec rose. Faintly ashamed when I drink a rose somehow. I never do. Good. I never feel ashamed. I embrace the rose. You know your ways. (laughs) You know it's it's getting warm out. I just want some pink wine. Relax. Talk to my friends about video. (laughs) Pink wine. Yeah. Embrace the pink (laughs) wine. See, it's getting warm. I'm starting to. I'm starting to dream of the sneaky sneaky again. It is not warm. What planet do y'all live on? I'm well, freezing. Totally warm. Listen, we ain't all from Texas. I know. <laughs> I'm from Michigan. 50 is warm. What's wrong with you? Hey. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. 50 is when you start to break out the shorts <laughs> and the tank tops. Seriously. Like, I lost my cardigans today. I'm like, woo, it's warm in here. <laughs> well, I did turn the air conditioning on, but I still wear the coat when I go outside. Mm-hmm. So I'm, a, I'm an enigma, I guess. <laughs> I do not like to be hot. I don't like to be hot either, which is why I'm like, don't get any warmer. <laughs> <laughs> but I so like cool. the heat. I like it, but I like a dry heat. So this uh, uh-huh. humidity. Dry, you came to the wrong place. I mean, I'm really glad you came here because I love you. <laughs> I love you too. But <laughs> I know. chose wrong. What am I doing here? <laughs> this is like some swampland. I know. Like, like somebody picked up part of Louisiana and just dropped it on our asses. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, oh, you guys live in Indiana? What do you What do you say about you want like a lot of wind and some swampland and some high humidity? Right, all those things. All the things. Go. Also tornadoes. Of course. Also, yeah, know. The wind is the worst. The worst. Fuck Indiana. Ugh. Where we got to call All the governor right. to ask me if we burn our periods, yes. and we never know what the fuck to wear. Mm-hmm. Sam would like us to talk about video games. Sam, I like would like you. us to talk <laughs> about something other than periods and swampland. <clears throat> <laughs> they all go together. <laughs> I mean, swampy periods. <laughs> really? Really? Oh, really? really? <laughs> the two who have finished the bottle of wine are just cackling. Alright. <laughs> so Nico, you've joined yes. us on this on on this auspicious occasion. hmm Yes. <laughs> Tell us I mean it's it has been a blast talking to you so far. hmm So what have you been up to since Justice Points ended Ew. sadly at the end of last year? I was really, really sad. I saved that last episode to like Almost the end of January, I was like, I'm not gonna listen to it because as long as I don't listen to it, it's not over. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of people who were, you know, rightfully sad. And um, it was kind of, it was a mostly mutual decision. Basically, both of us were kind of a little bit done with video games. And uh, Zufi basically was like, I kind of want to just do non-video game stuff and um if you replace me that's totally fine i totally understand i'm like there's no way i could replace you (laughs) you know so i we just decided to you know go out with a bang while the podcast is still you know well loved unlike the simpsons you know (laughs) um uh so, but what I've been doing since then has been basically just taking a very well-earned break uh, because I had podcasted every single weekend with maybe one or two exceptions for, you know, two and a half years mm-hmm. straight. And that's multiple podcasts, like three uh, yeah. at the highest point, three, mm-hmm. high, uh, three podcasts and editing most of them myself. Yeah. Uh, so I had no free time and now I work very much a full-time salary job. I don't really have a lot of free time anymore. I also gave up like MMOs. I also gave up like a lot of stuff that like just kind of sucks up my time. So I decided that I'm just going to take a break for a while. I'm just going to take a break, let myself recharge, you know, just, and so I haven't actually been doing much of anything like that people would consider like productive or post podcast like I think I'm starting to get back into a place where I feel comfortable and want to invest the time again and into doing creative stuff um I've been working a little bit on my writing uh here and there um but mostly my work has just kind of been keeping me super busy which is kind of sucky because my work is not creative it's not related to media or games at all it's very much a like nine to five office job um so I feel like my soul sucking, like it's just draining out of my body. Uh, so the need to make something creative is actually like very close to me because I kind of need an outlet for um, a lot of my thoughts. But I've been moving more into like thinking and talking about like film and TV versus just video games because um, I think that having a multi multidisciplinary approach to media criticism is what makes you a better media critic mm-hmm. uh, and feminist. Um, so mostly I've just been reading up as I usually do, just like trying to read and absorb a lot of different voices on a lot of different topics um, within gaming, outside of gaming. Um, if I had to like, Give a shout out to like somebody who somebody's work that I'm like real jamming on right now. It would be uh, Angelica Bastian who writes um, this like really wonderful column over at Vague Visages, uh, which is a like a film crit site. Mm-hmm. She's been writing um, a whole like column every week that basically talks about the different kinds of like quote unquote like mad women in films and what that kind of trope means and kind of really like deconstructing it and talking about it through the um, sort of essence of like different characters in films. Like she did, um, she did one on the witch. She did one on um, whatever happened to baby Jane. She like did like um, 
quite a few just like really really great pieces she mostly focuses on horror films but she also does a lot of like other you know woman-centered film filmographies and stuff like that and she's just a fantastic media writer in general she's just a great critic and she's a great writer um so i've been really like digging her work and she's been like really inspiring me to like pick apart my own feelings about a lot of films that i've been watching lately because film is definitely the uh the subject that i actually have the most experience with versus video games Mm. um so that's kind of what i've been up to other than like like i said before you know like shit posting on twitter i really like (laughs) i really like being funny like i like (laughs) making jokes on twitter because it's more entertaining um when i'm at work than like getting into arguments with people like i'm yeah i'm trying to like Live a more peaceful life and be more <laughs> uh, be more assertive versus aggressive. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, you know, I'm almost thirty four, <laughs> and Listen. I. <laughs> <laughs> but I. But it's like I spent quite a many years on Twitter, uh, getting into fights with people, and it wasn't good for my mental health, and I don't think it was good for a lot of people that like follow me. So for me, it's a lot more fun to be on Twitter if I just talk about the things that are really important to me Mm -hmm, in a way that's mm -hmm. funny, in a way that's, like, funny and uses humor to kind of sabotage a lot of, like, uh, critical ideas about media and stuff like that. I mean, I'll still curse somebody out if they're being an asshole to me. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) But it's, like, I try to kind of back away from some of the, like, trash fires that happen on Twitter because, you know what, it's, like... Oh man, I'll I would rather privately grouse about that with friends than like I I feel that my life is better served by putting my energy into publicly being funny and talking about things that I like versus feeling compelled by the community to constantly have to be like this like big spokesperson for mm. Different mm-hmm. perspectives. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really limiting, and it makes me not feel like a human being anymore. So I just kind of stopped doing that for a while. I guess is a good way of putting it. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. <laughs> I think that's a great way to put it. I mean, because yeah. I'm the same way. Well, I'm similar on, on Twitter. Like I'll retweet stuff and I'll chat with people and I'll say what I need to say. Um, very occasionally I'll get really pissed off and go off on a Twitter rant. Um, and then what I, I save all my, I'm just going to get up on my soapbox and let everybody have it for the podcasts. Because <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I will t- I will bring out the soapbox on podcast nights sometimes <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good format for it because guess what? With the exception of like your hosts, which uh, nobody can run up and be random and interrupt you <laughs> in the, on a podcast. So. I was because when, when before you said with the exception of your hosts, I was gonna say, have you met Alicia? Um. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yo. <laughs> So it's really funny because uh, I don't have as much time to be as active on Twitter as I have been in the past. Um, and I miss it, you know, like the constant engagement and the community. But I did get called out during our pre- – we had a conference last weekend. And I got called out by Alex during our presentation. She's like, one of us. 
was really active on the Twitter and the Reddit. I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna look over here. Um, but at the same time, like lately, I've just been more absorbing and reading. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a. There is a piece in that, too, where you're just, like, seeing what's happening and pulling back and looking at the patterns, you know. But it also kind of makes me feel like I'm tracking a serial killer wall um, mm-hmm. because social media can be such a dumpster fire yeah. at times. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all about conserving the energy for things that really do matter to you versus, like, feeling like... I think that's the thing is that, like, you get an audience and then it feels like they're just kind of waiting around for you to like make this like big statement about every single thing that's happening. And I'm just like, I'm just one person. I only have so many hours in the day. If you're following me because you need to know the like direction, your little like social justice boat should be going. That's (laughs) like, so not a good idea because you should be thinking critically for yourself, you know? (laughs) And, uh, I like I just want to have like conversations and I just want to like pick stuff apart from a critical perspective and have those like, you know, productive arguments versus like, uh, I am the feminist on high and I hand down these pronouncements to you and these laws of 10 and here is what you should be doing. Here is how not to be problematic. And I'm like, that's not what I'm here for. And that shouldn't be what I'm here for, you know, so. <laughs> Even though those pronouncements from on high, hey, yeah. I followed just for that. Yeah. <laughs> Never wear white after Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> though, I I agree. I'm sorry. I, I'm not. I'm not giggling because <laughs> there's something I want to say. And I have pronounced this in that way from, like, feminist on high position, though. I mean, I'm not really on high. I'm just me. Um, Man, lately the thing that makes me so sad, upset, angry, all the things are all the women I see apologizing for their very existence. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So sorry, but I have some feelings right now. I'm so sorry, but I need some help. Yeah. Like, just, oh, why did we get to this point where we have to apologize just to be... Yeah, that's the the best thing that happened to me for my self-esteem and my confidence is I got rid of sorry. I got rid of I think from my statements on social media. I don't apologize. I don't preface what I'm saying with a conditional or um, some sort of way of like backing away from my opinion. And like it was definitely a fake it till you make it situation. You know, like there are still moments where I'm like, oh, sorry for this, uh, blah, blah, blah. you know, sorry for <laughs> having emotions and being a human being. But um, once you start recognizing that you're doing that and st- you, you pull out of yourself, and this is something I learned in therapy when I was going through therapy for anxiety management, is that once you start to become consciously aware of how you're saying things, what you're saying, it becomes a lot easier to start picking that stuff out before you type it down. And I just noticed that like, I just stopped caring what other people thought of me (laughs) as much when I took that stuff out of my Twitter feed, you know, and I'm sure that people probably think that I'm just like this, like glossy asshole now (laughs) because I don't, you know, I don't qualify my statements a lot, but 
it it felt very empowering to do that. So it's I actually I'm I'm appreciative you brought that up because that's actually something that I noticed quite a bit. I'm just like, man, it like improved my life so much when I stopped, yeah, apologizing for my feelings. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's okay to feel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody does it, really. <laughs> Your thoughts are okay. Your thoughts are important. If you are having them and you believe in them, then they are important. You know, just put it out there. Witness me. <laughs> you guys, I have like two drinks of wine left, so things are getting serious <laughs> in my Uh-oh. home. <laughs> so the only thing I have left is is whiskey. So <laughs> don't you have to get up in the morning. Can we talk? No, I don't. Can we talk about Rust? Yes. <gasps> yes. Unless somebody let's. has something to add to what Apple Cider Nico is doing <laughs> with her time. Yes. All right, let's talk about Rust. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to add a little context, Rust was a thing serious toxic shit community at times because you know you you spawn and people are like ah newbie we eat you and you die um and then they they added a thing where like they added black people and you could just randomly spawn as a black guy and that the internet had a meltdown oh no i have to be a black man oh life is terrible and then things calmed down a little bit people got used to it some left some stayed and then they added women yes this is where (laughs) we are now Mm-hmm. And now, I'm sorry, but some of the, the tweets and arguments about this have been so hilarious. Like, oh, I don't want to be a woman because now I get, like, rapey comments. Like, really? Tell me about right. this. <laughs> Tell me about your rapey, your rapey comments that you're getting. Hmm. In your little video game, yeah. Tell Remember me about all that. those times that we said, like, you know. <laughs> but uh, the de- the development team has been really, like, proactive on this going, listen. You don't get to choose who you're born as. That's just the world. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. But I know that our guest has some feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is something I did get into an argument about. I'll say it was a peaceful, intelligent argument. It was like a discussion more uh, about this topic. And the thing is, is that like... It's valuable to me to preface by saying I don't have any good answers for this. Mm -hmm. I don't have any good answers for the kinds of questions that I'm trying to ask and interrogate myself and the game about is so a lot of people and I don't necessarily disagree with this, you know, as you stated, think that this is very interesting and that the developers are kind of trying to be proactive about this and how they feel about it and that it's absolutely randomized, but it's tied to your Steam ID, so you're, like, kind of locked into that even if you die. So you could very well turn out to be someone completely different from who you are as a player, uh, or you could be somebody the same, you know, on on every level. You could, you know, you're a white guy, and you wind up being a white guy, you know, or whatever. Woo, white guys. Yeah, so uh, for me, though, what made me kind of sit up and kind of think about this is that um, quite a few people that I know um, mentioned that having gender in particular be randomized, and also binary, I'll say that, it's binary, mm. it's man or woman, 
mm-hmm. uh, having gender be randomized, hard lock to Steam ID, um, was really upsetting to them because they are either you know gender queer, gender variant, trans, you know, just a lot of people who, for them, being able to control what gender your character is, if given the option, because, you know, a a lot of us have to play games that do not represent us in the slightest, you know, whether that be race or ability or gender or anything like that. Um, And that's definitely a problem in games is that, but I don't necessarily know if the randomization is necessarily, that's the thing is that I think from a, like a critical perspective, I don't think mechanical mechanics in games are apolitical. That's absolutely not something I think. And this is a really good proof of that Mm -hmm. because it's random. So it's technically considered neutral. Oh, you could just get whatever. And, but the second that you say that one kind of experience has an intrinsic social value. See, uh, cis white dudes complaining that they are either black or uh, or a woman, you know, um, saying that one particular kind of experience has an intrinsic social value means that the randomization is not random or neutral. And if there are people saying, well, it's actually really important that I get to pick my gender, um, that also detracts from the idea that this is a net positive necessarily. Um, And that's also important to me too, as a cis woman, you know, like a lot of games, you have to just be forced to play a guy because you don't get any other options. And so when I play video games, I like to play as a woman if I have that choice. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, what I think the randomization option is doing is a kind of like a tech way of looking and trying to solve a social problem that's nuanced, complex, and varied. Mm-hmm. Um, gender and race are not, I mean, okay, a lot of, you know, like you can argue, but, um, they're societal constructs, but they're also super important to people and also mean very, very deep, important things to people. Uh, you know, like your gender is very intrinsic and special to people. And also race isn't just a neutral value in our world and neither is gender. So randomization doesn't do that perspective justice, I think is my kind of complicated feelings about it in general. That's I go ahead. ahead. No, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ashley and I today, when we led discussion on Adrian Shaw's book with our class, which is mostly undergrads and then us and Sam, um, we we talked about this when we chose games for them to play Tuesday, and then today when we led discussion Mm -hmm. about not necessarily wanting them to be uncomfortable but asking them to confront the moments in which they are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And asking them to think about, like, what, what does it feel like to you if you enter a space where, in fact, you are the minority? And our class is largely, you know, white, male, um, and, and the women are, are white. We have um, not a, a great deal of diversity in the class, a little bit, but not much. Um, but thinking about things in that way of, like, how so often a good half of the video game audience is entering a space in which 
nothing seems designed for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm with you. There's like a, a back and forth on this. Like it's a very mm-hmm. complicated situation. Like I like that this game is pushing something. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, but also there is an underside to that where like uh, having the agency to choose who you will be is really important to some people. But the third spear here to talk about in this argument is that you don't have to play the game. And that's what some of the arguments, actually when all these people are like, oh, I'm forced to play a woman. I'm like, well, you know, remember all those times you told us we didn't have to play a game? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, bro. Also, as a side note, before you guys continue, uh, I have purchased this game on Steam, and I've never started it. I'm going to do so right now and see what it gives me. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, real wow. time, real time experiment. I like it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was going to say, I'm going to start a character. I think what's interesting about it is that I, I've been kind of torn too, um, in terms of it. It was. It was easier for me to make a decision about how I felt about the randomization when it was just race. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, as a black woman, I mean, the, t- the number of times that I've been able to play myself or play as a black woman in a game, you know, you can really count those times uh, on the fingers and toes that you have. Um, but once you, once they threw sex into it and they were like, well, now we're going to choose for you. And it wasn't until I heard someone make a really articulate argument about, um, non-cisgendered folks, Mm -hmm. um, and the randomization that I was like, well, damn, there's my privilege because mm-hmm. that yeah. never occurred to me. Right. And I was like, yep. and, and I would be really pissed off if that were the case. If it was right. like, Oh, here's my body. And I may have been born female bodied, but I see myself as male. And then I go into rust because I really want to play this game. And it makes me male. I think because I said if I was born into a male body. I was like, I forgot what I said when I started out that argument. But I was, it, was, it assigns me the sex that I was born, as, as I was born into. And I would be like, you know what? That's, that's really problematic for me. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. it wasn't until I thought about it from that angle that it did become problematic. Um, yeah. Because when it was when it was just race, yeah, it was it was it pissed me off a little. I mean, and maybe that's because my own kind of gender queerness mm-hmm. kicks in more when I start to think when I start to think about it in those ways. Then the whole but then the whole race thing because I was like, well, <clears throat> fuck it, if I get assigned to being white, you know what? I've been white in games for forty fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm white in another game. You know, it's it's not the end of the world. But when you start thinking about the way the way sex plays into it, it became a whole lot more problematic. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, I can I can definitely see both arguments, but like I said, I think I think it became more problematic for me with this last update. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just I think the the kind of maybe the closest thing I've come to kind of a an a an answer to my own feelings uh, is mostly just that if we had a games industry that valued and gave space to more diverse creators being able to author and create and allow other people to play positive representations or narrative representations that were positive or authentic or were centering a different sort of um, narrative or perspective that maybe this wouldn't uh, rub so much salt in the wound, I guess. Like you're allowed to have rust kind of like maybe fluke, like maybe fuck this up a little bit. If we had more spaces where I could just be a queer woman more often in video games or, you know, people could play, uh, you know, they're the gender that they, you know, the gender that they are or the race that they are, or, or you know, as Ashley often says, like pick curly hair when you make a character, like, <laughs> exactly. <curly> hair. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like rust would have the ability to fuck up a little bit more. If we had the ability to be ourselves on a more day-to-day basis in gaming, because I think that's kind of, as much as I do see the, 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 um, the value and the interest of leading people who are not marginalized through an experience that does make them uncomfortable, if we just gave more space to people who are often very marginalized, more space to just be themselves on a regular basis in gaming, you know? And- it- mm-hmm. It's tiring part, to keep centering non-marginalized people as being just the focus all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that as many as many interesting discussions as this could inspire, mm-hmm. the people who need to have those interesting discussions aren't going to have them about this. <laughs> yes. Mm-mm. They're instead just shit posting and like, oh, I can't believe I have to have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> this is some bullshit. I want a refund. <laughs> like that. There's no. There's nothing there. Also, I have to say that this game actually froze my computer, and I'm really pissed. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> so, us. Thumbs down. <laughs> po- uh, uh, politics. God damn it. Yeah. Not really. I mean. <laughs> Shame rust. <laughs> like <laughs> I did, like the, it was also a hullabaloo about like the the penis randomization. Like the, <laughs> yeah. you get a random right. penis size too. Right. And I was like, that that's interesting, I guess. <sighs> Don't you get a random penis size when you're born? I mean, I'm just... I I wasn't born with one. I I don't think you get to choose. Yeah, so... Like, but that was, like, apparently, like, a big deal. And I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, like, I don't... I don't understand this at all. But apparently, I think that's also, like... the, The bodies are also randomized, like, for the women characters, too. So I'm just like... Oh, geez, that could go down a rabbit hole as well. Just how we interpret our perceptions of women's bodies based on what they look like, you know, with like how we, you know, over sexualize certain races and certain, you know, 
boob sizes and things like that. Like that's just a whole other kettle of fish yeah. as well that Rust is tempting now with this kind of stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Alicia. <clears throat> I uh, I'm full of mic drops. That's mm-hmm. how I roll. Mm-hmm. So, anybody want to add anything about this particular controversy? Because I have one more controversy I'd like to address. <laughs> oh, what's the controversy? Yes, do tell. Uh the uh, oh, what is it called now? I can't. My computer's frozen. I can't <laughs> even restart anything because then I'll lose Skype. Um, the social autopsy. Rust. Oh. What? Are you talking about social autopsy? Yes. Yes. Yes, I am. So, uh, there was a Kickstarter. I say was because it was suspended today for a service that would aggregate. Um, boy, how how do they word it? Let's just say internet abuse and trolling behavior. And uh, if your identity was associated with some measure, we don't know what, some rubric of internet abuse, you were going to be entered into this database. With the noble goal of trying to end harassment culture, which, you know, I can get behind, but... Ooh, boy, talk about a kettle of fish. (laughs) This is all the fish, all the kettles. Um, there's something very dangerous about making lists of anyone and who I think is an abuser quote unquote is not maybe who Bianca thinks is an abuser is not maybe who Sam thinks is an abuser is not maybe through who Nico Applesider Rich thinks is an abuser or Charlotte so I mean like list making becomes really troubling really fast this gets back to what we were talking about earlier with public shaming Mm mm-hmm yeah, I don't think there was anybody who looked at this and was like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say about book shaming. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> it's all very, very complicated. Yeah. So I didn't know if anybody following this controversy. Yeah, I think what was even what's even more problematic is the the notion of attaching attaching money to it right so you have to pay to kind of participate but then at the same time it's like well so if I pay to participate and I back your kickstarter does that mean that I'm you probably won't put me on your list or oh yeah there were all kinds of ethical implications yeah um, when you start when you start attaching money to that hmm Mm -hmm. I was just calling, I was calling out Ashley. I was like, look, ethics, ethics, yay! <laughs> hey, ethics! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's that's really, because people who have power, which often translates to money, um, often get some kind of immunity for things like this. Mm-hmm. So this really puts that on the table. Like, if I back you, does that mean I'm cool? Even if I've been a shit bag. Yeah. It was, it was a troubling little project. I I understand the impetus 
I too would like to see an end to online harassment, but I don't think this is the way. I don't know if I can follow where your torch is leading. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the transparency too? Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole thing is when you want to curate things for people's safety, you absolutely cannot hide behind a moniker or an opaque like nickname, like, like it, like that's the thing is that the community itself should be, you know, all collaboratively responsible for this, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and because like, that's the only way that everybody gets held accountable and everybody shares the same information and everybody gets to be part of that, that process, you know, and like you said, a lot of it has to do with power, um, curating a list, uh, where anybody who is found to be on that list is automatically painted an abuser with no recourse for that. Uh, oh, that's not going to get abused at all. No, that never happens. (laughs) We've never had any trouble with that ever. No. (laughs) Lists of people that, like, you know, get you blacklisted places and paint you in a negative light. That's always been so secure and good. You know what else I hear was really successful? Internment camps. <laughs> McCarthyism. McCarthyism. <laughs> let's go back to that. Yeah, 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 like, really. Just <laughs> yeah, okay. but it's like, <laughs> like, seriously, it's just a bad, it's a bad look. And it's really, and and, and I'm going to, I went to the Kickstarter page because I have been following it, but I had not gone to the Kickstarter page until like just now. So Mm -hmm. I go to the Kickstarter page and who do they have like right on the front page? It's like, hey, here's all this cool stuff we're doing and here's what we're going to do. And they got this big ass picture of Taylor Swift on the front page. And I'm like, see, that's where you would have lost my money right there, even if I was considering it, which I wasn't. Taylor Swift in and of herself is problematic because here you're talking about a very specific kind of advocacy. White fragility? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, or white fragility. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. so, I mean, this in and of itself is problematic because Taylor Swift is problematic. I mean, right. for me, as a black woman, as a black feminist, Taylor Swift is problematic. But Sam, yeah. hashtag squad goals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Honestly, <laughs> if I was going to be my most cynical self, uh, because of the fact that it's called something like social autopsy, number one, yeah. like it's not 1999 and Hot Topic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number number two, um, I honestly feel like this is yet another attempt for some people who are acting in uh, some nefarious ways to basically just fleece money under the yes. guise of pretending to be social justice. Like, yeah. we've seen stuff like this happen before where yeah, they're mm-hmm. like, ah, we're going to pretend to be those bad feminists and we're going to make money off them by spewing mm-hmm. their own language back at them. And I'm just like, this feels like that again. It did. It like felt a like a, I, was, I was reading the Kickstarter. And I was like, is this a parody? Like, yeah, yeah. it, it kind of feels like a big it, scam. It's all like, could it be a scam or a parody? Or is this just like peak white feminism? Yeah. Like, that's a good question. Oof. At a certain point, if it's indistinguishable, Oof. you know, like, I, Oof. yeah. 
You know. Yeah. Also, why do you need money for that? Like, oh, I can, yeah, I can to put start together a list. an ex- yeah, like I can put together an Excel spreadsheet for free, <laughs> and, and, and not you have know, to charge anybody seventy five thousand dollars. Apropos <laughs> of nothing, my students right now are doing crowdfunding campaigns. And I asked them this week, I'm like, so what are your startup costs? And they're like, we don't really have any. I'm like, so uh, you don't need to crowdfund then. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, are you in my class? (laughs) um... I'm so glad I'm not, actually. (laughs) Because I would say something stupid. I would, I would. (laughs) Mm -mm. But I I don't know. I just, and I made this point earlier before we were live. So I'm going to make it again here now that. We, we might make it into the final, uh, depending on how drunk I am when I make the point. Um, okay. You can cut that out, Sam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she won't. She's mean. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has come out against this. Like, I don't know anybody who's like, you know what, that social autopsy seems like a really good idea. We should back it. Uh, but it's it's fascinating to watch the reactions on, like, specifically Gamergate hubs and then specifically anti-Gamergate hubs and then people in the middle who are like, what the fuck is this? Um, but I find it very fascinating because I study angry angry young men on the internet uh, to watch the Gamergate spaces talk about this as like a, a doxing hub and, you know, how it can so easily be abused. And I'm like, you know, I agree with all of that. It's also the same argument I've made repeatedly about Deep Freeze. Yes. Right. Yep. Deep Freeze being this whole quote unquote fact based <laughs> database died <laughs> journalists. I'm like, okay, hang on. A point A. Many of the people cataloged on your site are not actually journalists. Mm-hmm. B yeah. many of your facts are not facts but opinions. And C putting these things together in some kind of blacklist is really damaging. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're indicting here with this idea for social <clears throat> Well, they're just scared it's going to be used against them. Yeah. And that's that what makes our... it bad. Like, hold yeah. up, you guys. That's us. So we're yeah. against but when we So do... can, I, can I just say that the next time people call us journalists, <laughs> I, I just, I can't even. <laughs> I know. It's always so funny. They're like, oh, look at this poor journalism. I'm not your mama's gamer. I'm like, um... Whenever we have something controversial up, I see you guys looking at our about page, so I'm pretty sure you realize at this point that we're not journalists. <laughs> but they Facts they don't s- matter. No. Right. <laughs> Facts don't Everything matter. Everything is mutable. It's all a spectrum. <laughs> Life is a wheel. I, I have to say this, though. I have to say one thing about this, in that the interesting thing about all of these the Gamergate guys suddenly feeling the, like, eyes of God resting on them (laughs) in the idea that maybe they would turn up on a list of, like, the bad people. Mm -hmm. Um, I I try to inform the guys on my Twitter on a regular basis about this, that since time immemorial is if you're a (laughs) genuinely bad guy, capital B, capital G, everybody in your vicinity already knows that <laughs> like the back it's channeling yeah it's not a secret the back channeling that happens particularly if a guy is bad news or abusive 
especially now with social media, like the back channeling that I have heard within just the game space, like you thought you got away with it. Nope, everybody knows we're just too polite to bring it up to your face. But everybody talks about it behind your back. Yeah. So it's like behind your back, it's hashtag you tried it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we all know who tried to go into somebody's <laughs> DMs with a dick pic, okay? Everybody <laughs> knows that shit. It's just that like a lot of people do recognize that going public with that sort of stuff isn't always the best thing to do. Or it could very well backsplash onto somebody. So just because there's not a list, a codified list, doesn't necessarily mean that people don't know you're a bad person. However, right. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> no shit. Uh. <laughs> On that note... Because we don't want to keep you all night long and we're known for going long. <laughs> if there's anything else you want to throw out there and let people know or stuff you want to tell us that we didn't talk about, here's a fine uh, chance to do that. Uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, just try to be cool and nice to everybody on Twitter <laughs> and just re just remember that the people you're talking to, very often women, are human beings and that maybe maybe give us a break and don't get into my mentions with some random shit so i don't know i don't know, oh, I know just yeah. just be cool work for the weekend i don't know <laughs> i yeah. want to applaud but it doesn't really come across that well on the mm -hmm. podcast mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, somebody's mentions who have been pure garbage for the last week yeah oh my god <laughs> We, and well, we you know what? In it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> some, of, some of us did anyway. So, um, Nico, <laughs> let me just say that you are more than welcome to come back and talk to us whenever you want because this has been. Oh, a you get that podcast itch, yes, right? You can. I do. Back. I do. I I do have the podcast itch, and hopefully, hopefully, cross your fingers. People will be able to hear me in their ears on a regular basis very soon. TM. Ooh. Yay. Ooh. <laughs> I'm we'll be waiting now. with bated yeah. breath. That's an exclusive. An exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> That's an exclusive. Today on Not Your Mama's Gamer. That's <laughs> <laughs> not journalist. <laughs> exclusive. Worldwide exclusive. We will once again. Not your mom's getting word. We will once again get the voice of Nico speaking light into the darkness. <laughs> Ooh, that was pretty. It was very That's, poetic. That was good. I like that. I like speaking that. Light into the darkness. That's what we do, right? Uh, uh. That's what we tell ourselves we do. We kind of we kind of mutter it. We kind of mutter light into the darkness. We're like, God damn, I'm fucking fight. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me on, really. It was a real treat. I always love uh, talking to y'all and uh, and just having a good time. So, yeah. Yay. 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 Well, thanks for coming, like I said. And anytime, you know, anytime you got, you know, even, even after you're done with your hiatus, if you just want to come okay. back. Oh, sure. I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm coming back. 
on that note, that brings us to the end of episode 125. So until episode 126. So many episodes. So many episodes. So much light into the darkness. Um, <laughs> so much alcohol. <laughs> that, that too. Uh, so until next time, y'all, stay warm, stay dry. And as always, my friends, game on. Game on. Game on. Game on. Woo!